Two Kids in a Career is produced by Jill Devine Media. I've came up with this concept called money dates, and it was really more like my struggle to sit down and have an engaging, I don't want to say productive, because it's not about being productive, but an engaging conversation with my significant other about here's where we are with our finances, right? Like the day-to-day stuff, paying of the bills and making sure the credit card is not overdrawn, that kind of stuff. You can do it over a glass of wine if that would make you, you know, more excited about, but but really keep the day-to-day to the side and focus on what's ahead of you. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. At Elemental Aesthetics, their focus is on natural beauty enhancements, not artificial faces. Check out their services and so much more by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 85. So this is exciting as this podcast has evolved and has become this wonderful community of women supporting women. Something else that has really kind of started new behind the scenes that maybe you aren't aware of, and maybe I haven't really talked about a lot, but I have been on other podcasts, which is really kind of weird and crazy for me because I'm just used to being the interviewer. And this week's guest, one of those individuals that I was on her podcast called Money Boss, and it's just so nice to talk to other women outside of the St. Louis area, women in completely different careers in mine and get their take on certain things. And as you know, every single episode, I just want one person to get something from this episode. And I think that's going to happen with my guest. Anna, I would like to introduce you with your last name, but I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to just try. And then you're going to tell me exactly how you pronounce it. But Anna Sergunia. Is that, how far off am I? <laughs> That's close. Yes. Hi, Jill. Anna Sergunina. <laughs> okay. A, a little, a little close. Not totally off, but definitely not right. Well, thank you for joining me. I have enjoyed speaking with you on your podcast, and I definitely wanted you to come on and talk about something that who I think a lot of people struggle with. And first of all, just know that I am not a numbers girl. That is why I got into communications. And so (laughs) whenever I see finances and money, I run away. But I think a lot of people run away too. However, you are making it easy. I like something that you've said before is that you can be a money boss mom. You don't have to be scared. And so we're going to tackle that in just a little bit. But first, I'd like to get a little bit of a background on you and what is happening in family life. I know you have a two and a half year old and and just get a little bit more from you on the personal side before we tap into the professional side. Yeah, totally. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me over. Likewise, I am more used to being on the seat of the interviewer and asking <laughs> questions. 
So it's a little is, weird, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's the question? What's the next question going to come up? But it's exciting. Um, I love talking about, uh, obviously, the, the money, uh, the big question around you know, the money and the planning for it. And um, But, of course, there's the other side uh, to what I do. And so, um, yeah, I, um, I have a two, as you mentioned, I have a two and a half year old son named Liam. And um, that last two and a half year, years of my life been um, definitely transformational on all <laughs> levels and including yep. money as well. Um, I've been a financial planner, actually, interesting enough, um, 15 years since I started uh, with my uh, current company that I now own. Um, but it's been quite a journey because I started at the very bottom of the career ladder and climbed it up because I've really loved the aspect of um, what financial, real financial planners do. And that is help clients map out what their life is going to look like and how money, and I really, really been convinced all this time that money is a tool and how to use that tool to get you where you're going. So I've, I've been trying to simplify a lot of these t- concepts and topics that talked um, everywhere a lot and people like you said run away from it don't want to deal with it um, but I'm trying to get it to a point where it's streamlined and where anyone right can be that money boss that's why I came up with this concept for and even the name for the podcast and really the movement is you can be in charge like that's the those that's like number one prerequisite for being the boss you have to be in charge right and you can um, with you know follow certain steps so yes I've um I've seen and worked with a lot of clients and the the type of financial planning that um, I practice and uh, my team, likewise across the country, I'm physically located in Northern California, but um, I've, I've lived here for the last 10 years, but I originally come from the East Coast, Maryland, DC area. So I've had the opportunity to work with lots of different people from all walks of life. And I also want to remind everyone listening that financial planning, right, or even dealing with or understanding or planning for your money is not just for the wealthy people. It's really not. It's for everyone. And um, I think those who are, you know, really succeed at it start early. Doesn't matter what your situation is. So I've been advocate for that all this time because, um, you know, I've always felt like the wealthy, right, or the more successful people have the advice, right, to get to where they're going. So you don't have to wait. And so the business model that we practice is called fee-only financial planning. And I'm sure you can just Google that. And there's organizations that support this type of approach. Fee-only means that you work with the financial planner, preferably a certified financial planner, because that allows them to be more knowledgeable, more experienced, right, in in understanding everything about your financial life. It's like a puzzle. Think of it as a puzzle. Every time a new client or even a a client that I work with from from year to year shows up at at my door, it's like, all right, here's a puzzle coming. I've got to solve it. So, and it's never ending, right? That's one also misconception about, okay, I only, you know, I have to do this once. So fee-only concept or uh, approach to uh, planning for your finances allows you to work for someone who puts your interest first, you pay them a fee, so they're not incentivized to uh, you know, sell you an appropriate product or you know, make a referral somewhere because they're going to get a commission kickback and things like that. Um, and again, especially because money is such an intimate topic and you want to make sure that someone is really holding 
um, your hand and, and standing behind your back because you're because you're ultimately going to make the decisions. So I I love that part. I love being on this other side of the table and you know frankly sitting on the side of the table with my clients when these things happen. I love that you're open and honest about it because it is one of those topics. It's very intimate. Money is a serious topic that can divide people and it can also bring people together and you know, it, it is something that is hard to talk about at times, too. I think because sometimes, like you said, if you don't consider yourself part of the wealthy, you might not want people to see what you're doing. And and that's the a sad thing because there is a way to help and to make sure things are managed properly and not to be embarrassed about the things that you are or aren't doing. So I can imagine that would be difficult to take on as well. Yeah, it it is. And it's, it's definitely a scary, scary phase, right? You kind of have to go through it. It's, it's really, there's no way around it. And I've, and I see this every time because it's such an intimate topic and you're afraid that somebody is going to judge you. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times I hear, Uh, from clients, you know, they're nervous, especially when you connect with someone for the first time. I I would say pre-pandemic, the in-person meetings, right, they're just a little easier because you can, you can see, in my case, you can see I'm real, you can see, you can feel my energy, you can see how I'm dressed. And so like, it gives you some, you know, some more sense of comfort. It's a little bit harder when you're doing these meetings online, which we obviously all had to transition online over the last 15 months. But still, it's it's this initial phase that you go through and, and open up, right? Um, and you know that this person is a professional, they know what they're doing, and you can, right, you can um, relate to them, right? And that's the, that's really, um, I, I, I feel like my industry, financial services as a whole, really evolved a lot ever since I, I even started, right? Because I, I've, I mean, I when I was studying for, Uh, for my designation, right, or, you know, just kind of really tapping my toes into this field, I always first idea was, well, this is really for all the wealthy people, right, that's kind of still exists out there. And then it's all, um, all of these things that you could do with your finances is for people who are older, right, like for Mm -hmm. my parents or my grandparents, because they have money, right, or they've accumulated something and they've done some things right. And so that really has evolved. And that's why I, you know, I, I still love the concept of helping somebody with their finances, because and, and it may be um, kind of, you know, seeding from the fact that I um, originally, when I went to college, I wanted to become a doctor, but I changed my majors about halfway. I just, I just decided that I didn't want to go to school for, you know, for all my 20s and, you know, early 30s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, long story short, it still took me a long time, right, to get the, to get the training and, and get the license and experience. So I still ended up going to school longer than I really ever anticipated. But it's this idea I had, or, and I still do, and maybe it's just my, my nature is like, I want to take care of people, right? So whether it was being a doctor and and treating them for whatever disease they had, right? And so the same principle I could apply here with with finances. And so I I find myself also um, in like that transition that I was talking about where you open up, right? Where you trust someone um, not to be judgmental about what you've done. And it's not even, you know, ever thought in my head. It's more about, okay, what do you have 
happening in your life? Where are you at? That's the big question. And what do you want to go? Like, that's the most exciting question, right? And so my job is to help you figure that out. Because again, if we think of money as a tool, and doesn't matter how much of it you have, how you earn it, right? What, you know, what all of these little details are. It's, it really is, it, it just falls into place once you figure out where you want to go. And in the planning process, it's called goals. I know we, we talk about, you hear a lot of conversations about setting goals and, um, you know, having targets. Financial, financial goals are a little bit different. They're a little bit more specific, uh, or a lot more specific, they have uh, dates attached to them. So become really real. That's when um, that transition happens of you seeing, okay, yeah, I, you know, maybe I've done, I, I made all these mistakes. Maybe I'm not the perfect one and I don't really do well with numbers, but I can still make it work for me. I was just having a conversation with one of my best friends earlier today, and we were talking about being business owners. And of course, you always want more money. And it's just one of those things that I I wish that there wasn't, um, I don't know if it's the definition or what is attached to money. And I told her that sometimes I feel like when people will say, oh, are you happy, you know, doing what you're doing? And I'm like, I love it that I put success into money for meaning like I'm not successful unless I have money. And I told her that I'm starting to change that mindset because everybody's money number or whatever it is, is different. Like maybe I think, I don't know, whatever number means you're rich, but somebody else could be like, well, that means you're a millionaire. And somebody else could say, <laughs> oh no, that means you're poor. And so I've started to learn like success is not based on how much you make. However, the hard part is, and we both agreed upon it, is like you still have bills to make and you do want your hard work to be rewarded. And that's kind of where I feel right now, like, okay, how much do I say I want this and I want to attach this number to it to, to not, it's just, it's a really, when you really think about it and dive deep into it, it's just like, man, the numbers game can really be a mental process that just completely fatigues you. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think for, for women who um, have families or have kids, you 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 really change your you know mindset and outlook on life once you have your kids and a lot mm -hmm. of these things shift. Um, one of the one of the useful tools I've I found in, in, in conversations with clients um, is is to kind of start with looking not so so fast um, on identifying what the financial goals are or you know helping them identify that it's that's definitely one of the things to do but first maybe look at um, understanding like what are your values around money because to your point Jill you can you know somebody can can view uh, you know a number you know a particular number if you have a million dollars in your bank account as a lot of money others can look at it and say that's not enough for what i want but that's but that's the that's the thing to understand is like what is it that you want right and how do you attach a value to it um and it's, it's something interesting too is that most of us don't think um 
in those terms because we take for granted, um, you know, how we manage our finances, right, or don't manage our finances or just really how we deal with them. How we, um, you know, where do we get all of that knowledge? Um, was it something that you saw in your family, right? And for most of us, and that's that was actually one of the most frustrating things for me when I graduated from college. So I'm not all this perfect financial planner. So don't don't just get that idea in your head <laughs> just because I talk about all of this. No, by far. Um, I struggled with a lot of these things too, but I found, you know, ways and, and tools and mechanisms to, to, to really keep me in line, right? And is it perfect? It is not, but it works for my family. So that's, that's, a, that's what I really want you to understand. Um, um, so, you know, the, 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 the something that I really struggled when I uh, graduated from college is that, yes, I was um, pursuing career and becoming a financial planner, but there was not a pre, prerequisite or even requirement for me to complete a certain number of, um, you know, financial planning courses or like money one-on-one management stuff. So I was totally clueless as to like, how do you, you know, a 22-year-old graduating from college, how to manage the basics of, you know, bill pay, credit cards and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I ended up having... Um, credit card debt, student loans and credit card debt. I mean, that's that was not a great way to get started in life, but I didn't know that. So the frustrating piece for me was why the basics of how do you manage your money, right, isn't part of college curriculum. Why is it not even part of high school curriculum to get, you know, younger folks into this mindset of agree agree (laughs) yes i still am frustrated with it because i don't believe it's really um you know it's really like one of those things is required just like you have to take a chemistry class or algebra class like i wish everybody Mm -hmm. made a more effort to say you have to take money one-on-one class because that's really what lays the foundation and and helps you avoid all these painful mistakes I'm going to hit pause on this conversation to talk to you about a brand new sponsor of the podcast, and that would be Elemental Aesthetics. In episode 79 of this podcast, How an Esthetician Approaches Her Clientele's Desire for Youth, Jennifer Warman-Bloss was my guest, and she is the CEO of Elemental Aesthetics. And I just... I can't say enough of how supportive she is of other women, whether it's their professional life or their personal life. She is a champion for you and she wants you to succeed in both areas of your life. And she does what she can to do that for you. For me, she's doing a little bit of both. I will explain at a later date some of the different things she's helping with in regard to my face and some acne scars and some pores that feel a little too large, but professionally, now she's supporting this podcast as a sponsor. She really goes after the things that she believes in, and you're going to see that when you walk through the doors at Elemental Aesthetics. She is located in St. Louis off of South New Ballast Road, and you can actually call or text 314-279-6069 for more information and also online, elementalaesthetics.com. Even if you're not in the St. Louis area, when you visit elementalaesthetics.com, you will get a lot of great information about different things that you can do for your wellness and your overall health. So again, check that out, elementalaesthetics.com. Super excited to welcome them as a sponsor to the podcast. And back to the conversation now with Anna. 100% agree. I mean, I got to tell you, that is, oh, with the college situation, it's just 
Oh my gosh. To that could be a whole nother conversation is what I'm saying. Cause it is, it's, it's like you're 18 and you're an adult and you should know everything. And it's not even the case. That's just, it's false. But I 100% agree that these classes or type of classes should start in high school and then definitely in college too. So yes, I back that 100%. Uh, something that you had said towards the beginning of the podcast, like, the money situation before kids definitely different than when you have kids and i think there's two things that everybody says when you know you're pregnant and people you just you just want to kick them in the face because they're like you're never going to sleep again and it's so expensive and i remember thinking or maybe having that conversation when we were thinking about having kids, like we don't have enough money. And somebody said, you will never have enough money. No matter what, you will always find an excuse to say you don't have enough money to have a kid. You will figure it out and you'll make it happen. And it is true. I mean, when you think about that, so many people probably would not have children if they really, really stuck to that. But what is your advice like on shifting once you do have children and that whole crazy game that you're playing with now, lots of money is going to this, 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 and this, and we don't have a ton left and it does get overwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I think I always, um, I also thought that, um, you know, how how can um, living in such an expensive place as the Bay Area, right? I can afford to do all of this, buy a house and pay for daycare and, and really still um, afford the things that I used to enjoy, right? Before I had my right. family. But as you said, Jill, it, it all kind of all falls into you know its own place and you figure it out. Um, and I know it's not the answer um, you want to hear, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it was true for myself, but I did find... Um, you know, that there are certain steps you can take, right, and, and looking um, into this uh, overall question. I, I, and one of the things I've been working on lately, and maybe this is my phase that, you know, I'm going through is, is you know, new to motherhood and family is really focusing on uh, working with clients who are going through similar phases. I've always worked with you know, families who have kids, but particularly younger families, because there's there's certain steps that you can put into place. And I like to think of it um, this way. Can I live now, right? Can I, as an individual or as a family unit, still enjoy things that we like, have enough resources, but also not to forget to think about the future, right? Because the, t the, the time is what you want to not lose in this whole equation. And as you said, like, when you don't sleep that well, and you know what that feels like, the time concept just disappears. And so um, for me, it's it's been really crucial to, um, and just seeing clients as well, right, to, to have some kind of a structure and put certain mechanisms in place of organizing your finances, right? First of all, like, I know that, um, you know, we are forced, we talked about this already, like, since most of us don't have a proper structure or even understanding how to do these things, we're just forced to do these things, right? Like to pay the bills, to earn the money, to use a credit card, to you even are forced to save in your retirement plan when you start a job somewhere, which is a good thing, right? Because it's it does help you 
um, focus on that longer term goal for you know the, the future that you're building, though taking care of yourself in old age. So I always, you know, anytime I like approach anyone's financial plan, or um, I, I really more think of it as a roadmap or money roadmap. I want to kind of organize the pieces that exist, right? And it first starts with with the mindset, right? And we talked a little bit about um, the values and understanding, right? Why do you why do you want certain things? The values um, aren't same as goals, and which we do get to you know address and, and define because goals really drive what you're going to do, and the values, right, are like the real mini whys, if you will, right? Because you can have lots of whys for maybe for some of you having a certain amount of money, maybe having that million dollars in your bank account is really going to provide you with all the security and sense of comfort. And and it's going to be enough to take care of your family. For others, they may not be, or they don't really care about that number, um, but they really care about spending quality time, right? Or being able to go on a vacation. So first, like it's a bit of internal work, and, and, and really figuring out that for yourself. I also see how this is really crucial to have a conversation with your significant other, right? Because that's where a lot of challenges come in in relationships when you know, both partners are not on the same page. Or the worst, the worst of that, they may not be on the same page and that's fixable, but when they don't, don't really understand each other and you know, why you know, somebody values something um, you know, or, or, or you don't value something. And it really mm-hmm. comes down to us having different backgrounds, where we come from, how our families treated money and how, you know, like the biggest conversation um, you have with your significant other. And this is, you know, in, in, in circles that I am in with clients is, okay, so how do we pay for, um, or do we want to pay for a child's education or save money for college? And so I'll give you an example. In, in, in my own family, and I mentioned this already, so I had to, my family contributed to my college degree and I had to take out student loans. That was the situation that I was in. I didn't think of it anything. Um, I was grateful for the opportunity, right? And so I worked hard to pay those student loans off. Um, my husband on the other side was able to get a full full tuition scholarship, room and board, everything. And so when now when we're having a discussion about, all right, well, we really need to, you know, start saving for, for Liam's college education, right? College fund. Well, you know, um, me being the financial planner, I can crunch numbers. Here's what the college costs. Here's how we're going to do it. All right. We need to save $12,000 a year because we want him to go to Stanford, for example, right? I'm going to give you some context here. And he's like, whoa, okay, wow. Well, you know, what about a scholarship? Can he work on getting a scholarship? I'm like, Yuri, He's only two and a half years old. We don't know if he can get a scholarship yet, right? But that's my, see, that's my programming. That's, that's, you know, yes, a bit of a professional side here because that's what I do. But also like, well, you know, I better think of it ahead of time, better have enough reserves because I don't want him to have student loans, right? Because I did. His idea of that, like, well, you know, we're going to spend money on extracurricular activities and he's going to do that and then do that. Like, great. But what if that doesn't work or something else comes out of it and we miss the time and opportunity to save, right? And let our money work, you know, for us. So like these kinds of differences is what's really crucial to just talk about, um, start asking questions. I've, um, I've came up with this concept called money dates a number of years ago, and it was really more like my struggle to sit down and have a, 
an engaging, I don't want to say productive, because it's not about being productive, but an engaging conversation with my significant other about here's where we are with our finances, right? Like the the day-to-day stuff, the paying of the bills and making sure the credit card is not overdrawn, that kind of stuff. And just like, have let's have a money date. You can do it over a glass of wine if that would make you, you know, more excited about, but, but really keep the day-to-day to the side and focus on what's, what's ahead of you. Like, and, and it, it took a while to get it going, to, to have it more conversational and not to be so uptight about, are we talking about money now? Like what's, what's happening, right? Or how much money did you spend on your shoes type of a conversation? <laughs> this is before kids. Now it's like, how much money did you spend on Amazon and all these boxes are coming in. So like in organizing piece, like that's the biggest Thing first, everything else, like the financial tools, right? And how do you keep track of your spending? And do you have enough income coming in? Do you have a structure, right? Where you're saving? Again, I'm, I think about long term all the time, right? Is it for college, right? Or their, you know, you know, education before college? What about your own retirement? Like that's one of those things that parents have to prioritize. Which is like, well, you know, I'll put my kid first no matter what. Yes, true, but in some in some instances, it's probably you're the one who needs to be first, a hundred percent secure, right, in your own standing before you um, give everything else. So, like, if anything, understanding all of these pieces and how they fit together, and getting your partner involved would really help you to like just take first steps. If you've never worked with a financial planner, if you've never really like thought of your money as um, as something that can help you reach your goals. Cause again, I'm going back to what I said earlier, like what is it that you want um, is the big question. So something that I have talked about on this podcast before, and as the evolution of it has come, like there are, and you know, as a podcast host, millions of podcasts out there and there are millions of financial planners out there and it it doesn't mean though that somebody's not going to connect with you so it's easy to say oh well i don't want to do this because there's already a financial planner in this area or i don't want to do this podcast cuz there's already parenting podcast or what have you my point in talking about this is because i could have a million different financial planners on this podcast and everyone will resonate with something different Mm -hmm. with that individual. Like you said it best too. You said it is different when you're with your clients, you can feel the vibe. And even for your clients, if they're not feeling it, then they can go to somebody else and that's okay because you know who you're supposed to serve or what you're going to do. And so I I wanted to say that because I have had other financial planners on and it is not a one shop kind of thing. You don't have a financial planner that says you have to do this, this, and this. I mean, maybe there are some things and some boxes that have to be checked that are going to be the same across the board. But other than that, It is a different relationship with each person. And so I am just really delighted that you came on and that you could talk about some of those things because you're right. When you're in the thick of it with a two and a half year old, 
you and I can connect a little bit better because we understand what's happening right now in our lives. And now that's not to say you're not going to connect with an 80 year old, but it is something that I think people should consider and especially the lingo. Cause I was starting to understand a little bit more about what you were trying to explain because of the seasons that we're in. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, and I've, I mentioned this too, I've personally worked with clients from, you know, all walks of life, all life phases, right? Whether you're starting out or you already, you know, got married, have kids and, um, and, you know, and really facing the retirement, just like yesterday, I had a meeting with a couple who, um, here in my local area. And so that's actually one of the interesting things that people still look for a financial planner in their own local area. And that's okay too, right? Because there are resources out there. You can look for a fee-only financial planner in your area. Because I, I suppose one day we're going to go back to normal life. Um, well, <laughs> <Maybe>. yeah, <laughs> I know, right? We're so, we've gotten so accustomed to working from home that it's like, wow, life is so much more streamlined now. But but the point I'm making is that, yes, they're they're not quite my ideal client, right? And and so I still have the capacity to take clients on, but they seeked me out, right? They've And I've had a great connection. They're a little bit older. They're really talking about retirement. Their kids are um, lunched, right? And so they're expecting their first grandkid. So yes, I can relate to them on certain levels, right? But there's the professional side of me that understands the, the challenges that they're facing, right? And, and to help them make those decisions. So of course, I'm more delighted, right? And more excited, I guess. And I, I don't know, it's, 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 sometimes it's not for me as a professional, not like, okay, you're, you're, you fit in my life phase right now because I'm a mom, you know, and all of this stuff and you don't, it's more about like, I, the high, if I may, I, I get as a professional, it's like really solving that puzzle, right? The financial mm-hmm. puzzle I was talking about. And so that's what I love the most. Um, yes, of course, I want to talk about all of these things, but if you happen to be in the phase that I am currently now, we can connect on a lot more different levels, right? Because we can share other things. And so it becomes at some point, right? There's so many financial topics we talk, especially with clients that I work with from year to year, that it really, it could be anything. I had a client who was emailing me back and forth about, um, you know, some of the weight loss challenges she was having. And and so like, well, that's not nothing to do with finances, but we were still talking, right? And kind of thinking through together. So I feel like a lot of times I'm not just a money person. It's a lot of times it's like the, the life coaching that yes. I take on. <laughs> Marriage counseling, <laughs> which yep. is like, wow, I should have, you know, gotten more <laughs> careers out of this, but it just happens because it just opens up so many conversations, so many doors where like, I just, I like, I always tell you know, everyone I interact with, like at the end of the day, whatever you do, um, you'll still will have to make a money related decision, right? Or decisions that you're going to make are going to involve some financial piece somewhere. So it's like, I mean, I can't think of anything, right? Because that's just how our, that's how we're structured. That's how the world works. So you might as well like really become friends with it. You may not, you don't have to like it. Like you can, you can put it all aside and deal with it, you know, in once, once a month or once a week, whatever your structure is, but you're still going to have to interact with it. In our final minutes together, I would like for you to give the listener all the details on where they can contact you or learn more about you, including 
your podcast as well. Yes, totally. We'd be happy to share. So same platforms that you're listening to Jill's podcast. Mine is called Money Boss Podcast. I have episode com- episodes coming out uh, three times a week, all kinds of uh, conversations I'm having. Um, and then also I do a lot of solo episodes, just more technical stuff. So we can dive into all kinds of conversations um, around your finances. I'm also on Instagram. You can search for my name. It's Anna, A-N-N-A, number eight, and then my last name, S-E-R-G-U-N-I-N-A. And if you're interested in looking into this complex, scary, exciting (laughs) (laughs) topic of money, and I really am, you know, on the mission with, with my company as a financial planner, you know, myself is to help people really simplify it. You can, you can check out our website and it is Main Street planning.com. We even named our company Main Street Financial Planning because we want to work with people that are just like me, just like you, Jill, everyday folks who are really after making smart financial decisions. And I will have all of this on the show notes as well at jilldevine.com to make it easy for individuals to get a hold of you. Well, I think that you are a perfect puzzle piece maker, shifter, creator. And I love that maybe it's hard to take on all those other roles, but I can see why your clients are definitely connected to you. And so I am excited to, you know, get some more people headed your way and to get more information out there on a scary topic, like you said, but also an exciting one. So thank you so much for taking the time, Anna. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Next week's episode, episode 86, features a strong, courageous, inspiring woman. Her name is Becky, and she lost her infant son uh, due to a congenital heart defect. And she has taken that to help herself, but help other families. She is the executive director and co-founder of the Mighty Oaks Heart Foundation, where their mission is to give families hope amidst the chaos. Please tune in next week to hear her story and to hear how she is helping so many others. As we wrap up this week's episode, I just want to remind you about the brand new sponsor to the podcast, Elemental Aesthetics. I would love if you could check out their website, elementalaesthetics.com, or if you are in the St. Louis area and you want to schedule an appointment or learn a little bit more, you can either call or text their main line, which is 314-279-6069. So whether it's Botox and filler that you're looking for that will not make you look crazy and, you know, unrecognizable, or you want to talk about some services to help with acne scarring, Elemental Aesthetics, there to help you. They focus on natural beauty enhancements, not artificial faces. And as we come to the close of this week's episode, I would like to remind you that subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast is always welcomed and encouraged by me. (laughs) So whatever device you are using to listen to this podcast, you have the opportunity to subscribe, rate, and review. And when you do that, it gets in the hands of others. Also follow along on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at jilldevine.com. And thank you for your support of two kids and a career. 